You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Check out the Pentagon LA, a brand new retail space and recording studio in Glendale, California, bringing art, music, and culture to LA. Whether you in store or online, look out for the hottest trends in artist merchandise, dope new art from local artists and photographers, and watch out for events and pop ups from your favorite brands and artists. Follow us at the Pentagon LA or visit thepentagonla.com. Yo, this is Tech Nine on Wake the Flock Up. Uh, so hurry up and do it. Wake the flock up. Tech Nine, baby. Wake the flock up, Immortal Technique. You know what it is, baby. Bang, bang. Yo, this is this is D Spawn. I'm chilling with my man Concept. And this is Wake the Flock Up. Yo, what's the deal? It's yours truly, the magnificent DJ Jazzy Jeff, checking out Wake the Flock Up. You're the reason why I do what I do. And I started a list a long time ago with all the artists I've ever wanted to interview. I know your list. I follow you. Okay, okay. I read all your tweets. I appreciate yes, you doing you that. You said this was your mission. It was my to mission. Come here, Absolutely. And if you didn't get this interview. My wife won't let me go home, Sway. She okay. got to give me 10 minutes of your time. And on if it wasn't bro. for your wife. Yes. Because I know she's a beautiful woman. Yes, she is. Who keeps that household together. That's right. So I want to make sure she got a beautiful man to come. That oh, come home bro. To her, man. Thank you so Concept. much. Bro. What up, man? It. Any questions? What you got? Listen. Oh, you're out of your mind. No, 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 I don't believe they let you, I guess, run about with your little recorder <laughs> saying these fucking horrible things to people. You are now listening to Wake the Flock Up with Concept 704. Very special, on location, on location of the location here. What is this park called? This is called Cherokee Regional Park. It's beautiful out here. It is, yeah. isn't it? We're in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, I'll let my guest introduce herself. Hi, um, my name is Kathy Averill, and I am Michael Idea Oliver Hart Larson's mom. Best known as, right? Yep, best known as. Um, the one, uh, first let me say thank you yeah. for everything you've done and everything, uh, for as strong as you've been, uh, given having raised someone like idea couldn't have been easy. Uh, just dealing with, I'm sure a genius as a kid, right? Just like the, the, the smart and the talent behind it and then finally cultivating it and helping him do something with that. Right. Uh, it, well, I tell the story a lot that, you know, my first argument with him was when he was two. And he decided he could cross the street without holding his, my hand. And I explained, you cannot, because the cars can't see you. And he was like, they're supposed to stop. They're not gonna. They can't see you. You're a little kid. You don't get to walk across the street unless we hold hands. That's how it works. And that was our first argument. And from then on, 
it was one thing after another oh. and it it was never it was always points in an argument you know it was never just an argument I'm your mom or I get to say this or I'm the adult or I'm the parent it was no these are my reasons and then he would give his reasons and uh -huh. we'd come to a compromise why would you allow him to do that though, as a parent well, you should. I, it's just my opinion. Okay. okay? Um, parents should allow their children to explore everything that they're interested in. We had a rule that you can do anything you want. It has to be for a year. He did special effects. He did karate. He did swimming. He played soccer. He played football. He did wrote poetry. He drew. He painted. But you have to do it for a year. Piano, all that stuff. So he was... Uh he was talent waiting to be focused in one direction. And he kind of, whenever he focused on something, he was really good at that stuff, right? I would yes, take it. He was very good. So he was also a b boy, or at least he, he was break dancing for a little bit. Yes. And I've seen video of that and footage of that, and everyone, yeah, yeah he's an amazing at it. Freestyle. Yep. Oh, he's amazing at that writing. He's amazing. Now he did rock and I think got into maybe wanting Jazz to start and, uh, yep. comedy and stuff like yep. that. Right? He was actually going to do some comedy. He yeah. had started some routines and yeah. stuff. Yep. So this is a man who was looking to express himself in any way that he could I, you know i don't know if he was trying to express himself or if he was trying to get humanity to understand that we are a lot more alike than we think and we're not as unique or alone as we believe mm -hmm. whether we are super happy or whether we're super sad there is always people that are going through similar things but due to our backgrounds and due to our um prior experiences we experience those things different but they're still the same thing on a level right. and he wanted everybody to understand that whether it was with whether he was making bikes or whether he was making forts or whether he was making poetry or whether he was cooking dinner he wanted everybody to understand that we all are connected in this more than we think and where do you think he grasped that where did wait when you know uh, when he was really little um yeah. he we have different thoughts in my family. Um, my mom believes that he would have been the person he was no matter what we did. But I believe because we allowed him the freedom to do things and experience things for himself and learn um, that it was it gave him the ability to do and become the people or the thing he became, hmm. person he became. And uh, surpassing any kind of expectations that uh that I would imagine a parent have. I mean, I have kids, and I, and I want my kids to grow and be whatever they want and stuff, but I still want to have a hand in molding them because I know how scary the world can really be, right? Uh, but I, I can't imagine one day them not being here, right? That alone has got to be painful enough. But also then on the reverse, I have so much support from what seems to be an entire town, an entire group of people that are just with you. Yeah. On this journey. Mike used to tell us, I think he decided when he was little, you know, that he was going to be reincarnated as rain. And then as he got older and was a teenager, he used to tell us that he was going to be more famous when he was dead. So I don't know. Did he know? Uh, Maybe. I, I think, I honestly believe wisdom is something that you kind of are dawned on. Like some, like the, the energy or the world, the God, whatever have you, kind of deems you to be special or di different than everybody else and like you're saying he wants everyone to know that you're not alone there's there's a lot of us but there are those that are meant to do more than others and, and there's nothing wrong with that right it doesn't nope. make you any less of a person nope. if you don't but there are those that want they knew oh like i'm saying like um someone like tupac who almost said, said exactly the same thing that idea said you know one day you're gonna miss me i'm gonna be more important when i'm gone and having that kind of effect right 
uh, I can't put myself in your shoes and it would be real difficult to understand the appreciation that you have for him but when he was here did you know did you understand did you get that oh I used to tell him all the time and I I when he was very very little yeah. I mean small um I used to tell him I don't know what you're gonna do but you are gonna do something that if I cry every time and I used to cry when I used to tell him this too that you are here to do something wonderful and you are here to make and do something and I don't know what it is but a lot of people you are here to you know affect a lot of people and he used to say I have to say that my you have to say that you're my mom you have to say that yeah and I'd say, no, that's not, I know this. I, I know very few things in the world, mm -hmm. but I knew this from the moment I was pregnant, mm -hmm. that he was here to do something. And I never knew what, I used to think it was politics. Really? Because he's such a good arguer. Oh, I see. Oh my God, he could get you to change your mind just by fact, 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 point, or, point, or point. Or even a lawyer, right? Yeah. Or something like a that? A lawyer. Okay. You know, yeah. um, I used to tell him that all the time. I think you're going to be a politician. I don't know what you're going to do. And then it was like, okay, you're doing music. So I guess that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, the one thing also that I like to point out when it comes to people like Idea and Tupac and stuff is like, you have to keep in reference the fact of their age when they accomplish what they've accomplished. And that's how you know they're special. Because to be at 16, 17, which I've seen them, videos of them, and be that in control of language, of speech and processes in your brain, is an intelligent, I mean, smart people, are, funny people are intelligent people. Right? Very. Creative yes. people, they're intelligent people. And obviously at 16, 17, he has brain function different than everybody else, all, all the other MCs he met, at least. Yep. You can't deny that, right? Um, but the age is what is I think makes idea such a curious case that at like 18 he already had you know certain battles under himself and we're just talking hip hop references right yeah um, but he did pass at a very young age still uh, you know yeah uh, it depends I, well I yes he was very young you know 28 yeah. but um, he always and if you listen to his music he talks a lot about geniuses and you know good people and yeah. ch world changers and all that stuff all dry all die before they're 30 yeah and um i read a book when he was little uh -huh. and i never told him this and i have said it now a few times my mom and i um were at the bookstore and he was sitting in the little kids section just and we were just going through these books and i picked up this book and it was about what you were going to do and be and uh, on your birth date mm -hmm. so your actual day and time and hour and stuff like that and i looked up his and the only two things that i remember and i should have bought the book i'm kicking myself now i should have bought the book but um was that he was going to be a vegetarian and that he was going to die before he was 32 or at 32 i yeah. think and um never told him that told my mom we she saw it also and then he became a vegetarian yeah. never mentioned that to him ever wow ever yeah and then he you know and when he died i the first thing that popped in my head was i was supposed to have a couple more years you weren't supposed to die till you were 32. Wow. so yeah. you know yeah. I, we go when we're supposed to go right <sighs> what do you think he would have liked to content because he look i don't want to say he seemed tormented because I mean, but he's still, even in his voice, even in his voice, in, in a lot of his songs, there's there's pain there. Some kind of internal struggle he was dealing with. 
uh, even if it was just finding out who he was in that song, he seemed to take that very seriously. And it was like very yes. important for him to, to deliver the, the wordplay. And it, that's just hours of writing and just like dedication and stuff. You can't get around that. He had that down. But what do you think was the drive to get there? He wanted to make a difference and make people understand that you um, aren't alone. Yeah. In whatever struggle it is. Why was that is. so important to him? To you know, I don't know. Maybe when he was little, watching other people struggle. Uh-huh. I mean, he he was always extremely empathetic. I mean, even as a small child, yeah. he always would give the homeless person, you know, whatever he had or whatever I had. Or he would, you know, give them something, do something, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he, when he was in school... Um, like if a kid got in trouble and they put him in this like closed up room or whatever, Mikey used to break in to get the kid out. Wow. He just didn't want people to feel like you're alone because you're not. We all have these struggles. We all have these things. And I say, people ask a lot, like, what does this song mean? Or what is this song? Well, I can tell you what he wrote it about, but to you, it means, you know, your breakup of your girlfriend or, you know, your parent passing or, you know, you losing your house or your job or whatever, and he's talking about our dog. Mm-hmm. But that was how he wanted that connection so that everything had multiple layers and meanings mm-hmm. so that you could be connected in that feeling mm-hmm. and that moment. And then someone else has that connection, but it's for a different reason or a different feeling, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, but that's a, that's, a, that's a real complex way of looking at life at such a young age of yeah. this, to do it. <laughs> Again, argument at two. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Uh, so, so now that, uh, now that uh, let's say he understood that music was the way he was going, when did hip-hop kind of take a hold of him? Well, breakdancing. Yeah. So that's when hip-hop kind of took him you know took a hold of them and stuff and it was the kids in the neighborhood and, yeah. and you know and everybody was hanging out with phil and you know the battle cats and all those guys and they were you know starting to do stuff and the um like glow and those guys well what um, year what year would you say that, that that this was oh my goodness early 90s and what did what did you think for 90 what did you think of him getting involved in hip-hop I, in the middle of Minnesota, Minneapolis, you know, it was like, fine. It was you were okay. I mean, with it's it? still fine. Yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of things were odd for me because I we I, he wasn't old enough to go places sure. and do things without yeah. me, so I would go, and people would be like, "Well, why this is an old person here?" You know, and it'd be like, "Well, because my son's here." <laughs> and yeah. I actually said to one store owner, uh, I don't actually remember, and he was like, "Well, why are you here?" Because I'm the mom and I'm here. I, and I said, if your kid was playing basketball, wouldn't you go? Mm. Well, my kid's playing hip hop. Here I am. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. it, to me, you're supposed to support them for what they want to do. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you understand it, uh-huh. like it, uh-huh. I, keep your mouth shut and go. Mm. That's what you're, you're a parent. Mm. That's how you do it. Yeah. This, this, this human being who happens to be your kid is really into it. So you got to kind of support him and be there for him. Yeah. Um, and it's hard and yeah. driving and the hours and things you have to give up, yeah. but you're the parent. Yeah. So you give those things up so that they can learn and explore so that they become a positive, productive member of society. I love the way you think because that's what I tell people. I think that's what, as parents or as people, we forget that the, the purpose of having kids is for you to raise them and mold them so that when they leave the door, they're productive members of life and society and contribute and they don't go and shoot up a school or go do this, right. do that, right? Yes. I think people forget that and, and I think parenting has just become, um, hey, I got to go to work. Don't starve. Don't die. I'll be back in a couple hours. Yeah. And I think that's the extent of But I'm starting to see a pattern that I think Idea feel very much supported by you, which allow him to reach and search for more freedom in more places because he knew that at least you you were okay with it. 
that yeah. it was something. Or and he always had a safe place to go. Exactly. Or yeah. a safe person, you uh-huh. know. Um, my mom has a tattoo on her arm, and it's three hearts. Yeah. Because Mikey told her um, that he only trusts me, himself, and his grandma. That's beautiful. You know. Yeah. So. So <clears throat> he goes break dancing, and then when, did, when was there a moment he came to, or when do you think it was when he realized that hip hop was going to be a, a big chunk of his life? Um, like he was going to find success, he wasn't going to be able to, you know, make a living. I don't actually think he ever thought that. I really don't think he got into it to be a success or to make a living at it. Yeah. I think art, he was thinking, oh, I can make a living at this, but not necessarily just hip hop. I think he was thinking in a broader sense of a lot more um, so, music. So uh, let's say if it would have been jazz, then it would have been jazz that he would have gone in depth with and then maybe moved on to something yep. else. Something else. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. No, it wouldn't have been staying in one genre, whatever it was he started with. Yeah. It was always going to be moving and growing into more things. I guess I'm looking at it through the eyes of a fan, and I try to kind of kind of um, romanticize what I think idea might have thought or might have felt, you know, because, you know, that's what you do when you listen to, to an artist. But I, I, I guess I, I am starting to realize now that he would have, there's a great saying, it's like, give me a cello, or what is it? What is it? Like, yeah. I'm an effing artist, give me a cello, and I'll get no, you just, music yeah, out of yep. it, art of it. And that's a beautiful thought to yep. think that that's what, um, so he, but but then he even started to stretch the limits of hip hop or what hip hop was in that even look first he's in Minneapolis which is not easy to be a hip hop artist right and then he extends those limits by being just amazing at it right right did he become bored or was it just something like you know what I can let's see how far I can move this um well he had become disillusioned with hip hop for a little while okay um but do you know why shortly uh, you know. Truthfully, yeah, absolutely. fans. Um, when he started to get interested in other things and wanted to explore and stuff, he got death threats. People told him, if you get off a plane in uh, California, I'll stab you. He was at a show here in town yeah. at a very prestigious private college, and this kid threw a golf ball and tried to hit him in the head. Because he changed his styles up, because the music was right, different. Right, because it wasn't was... all just battle anymore. Now we're getting into stories, and now yeah. we're getting into, you know, more intricate music. And we're, we're actually adding, like, actual guitars and yeah. real pianos. And so we're, you know, growing and expanding. Yeah. And people just were like, nope, that, that. Not. In a dark, twisted way, it's them saying, I love you this much that how dare you change my perception of you. Yep. Which is a weird compliment to be getting. I'm sure frightening for idea or or John Led, you know, let John Lennon to be like, hey, I, you know, it's got to be this stuff. So you think that's what kind of made him say, I got to try something different, maybe. Um, no, that made him. Well, that actually probably made him or pushed him to do more different things. Sure. Because it's like, okay, you don't understand, so now I'm going to cram a million things down your throat, yeah. and you better find the one you understand. Right. right you know? Yeah. And so that probably made more of the expansion. Is And if they would have been more accepting, maybe he wouldn't have gone that far into other music. Yeah. And wouldn't have, because it would have been like, oh, well, they like this new, you know, little expansion. Right, and, right, right. You know, and I'm happy with it, they're happy, you know, yeah. whatever, but as soon as you start telling and it's human nature you start telling me no or you start telling me I don't like that or I don't like that girl you're going out with or whatever that is the first thing (laughs) yeah you know that is the first thing we do as humans and we go running for that full bore Uh so that's why I think he did it 
Okay. No, and, and that's understandable. And, and, but he, he, and you saying he was starting to do comedy. Is that something also that he was passionate about at an early age? Yeah, or yeah he, he was always the comedian. So um, my family has a very dark sense of humor. And Mikey was always the one in the middle and the one that was doing all the jokes. And um, he used to do this thing for me if I was like, oh, the traffic was bad or whatever. And he'd come up and put his arm around me and go, oh, it's so hard to be you. Isn't it terrible to be you? And I'd be like, ah, oh, geez, you know. Um, so, yeah, no, they, he's always been he was always the center of attention and a comedian and always the one with the jokes. He gets a lot of that from my sister and my mom. Yeah. So it runs in the family. Yeah, well, not with me, I guess. <laughs> not with me. It skips a generation. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I may, if I may. So from the day, um, the moments after his passing, right, what did you feel the reception or how did the news hit everybody else besides you? Um, well, you know, there's a large community. I mean, there we have multiple circles. So there's the inner circle, the family and friends. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the business and the, you know, musicians and artists that he worked with. And then there's, you know, fans and peripheral people and stuff like that. And so it's a ripple. And I had a um, multiple lists, like certain people I had to call because spring and fall, everybody's out on tour. Sure. And so it's, we, I had a routine, you know, so that I could tell them all first. We told the inner circle first. They all, you know, came to the house and everybody, you know, did their thing and, um, then we went on from there. I had lists upon lists upon lists. So, but the uh, and the fan base, what did they say? What did they? Uh, did you get a response? Um, what kind of response did you get? From well, I got a very loving, wonderful response. I mean, there were tons of people donated to his funeral, yeah. which was great because we wound up having it at a hotel because we didn't have a mortuary big enough for it and all kinds of junk. And you know, they're expensive. You, you need one of their ballrooms for five hours, and they're sure. like, eh. yeah. So it was very supportive, you know, lots of stories, people telling how they met him or what he did for him or, you know, things that they could remember or wanted to, you know, share and stuff like that. I still get that stuff. Yeah. I still get people that message me and, you know, send me emails or send me Facebook messages or whatever about, you know, um, you know, I listened to him and he got me through this hard time and now I've showed him to my mom and getting her through this hard time or you know now my friend I just lost and he gets me through another hard time or mm -hmm. um, you know I try to live in some of the ways that he you know is expressing and lived and you know I try to be kinder I try to be more empathetic and things like that and I, that's still going on so he still has an effect yeah there's still people that are just hearing him which is beautiful which is amazing I, I'm, I'm I very happy but the one thing that I found very interesting, and I had a weird thought, was when we were driving up, Brandon, who is uh, the director of the, of the film, uh, he pointed out that there's a bench that has a, a, a plaque. Yeah, there's actually a bench over there with the balloons oh, is on that it, it? Okay. and then the picnic table over there with the balloons on it. Uh -huh. Both are plaqued, and they're both in Mikey's honor. Yeah. When that, when that happened, when they said, hey, we want to do this, or how did that happen? Oh, again, I, I decided. You 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 submitted paperwork for it and stuff yeah, like that. No, yeah, I decided what the plaques were going to say and where they were going to be and what was going to go on. Why here? Um, I had Mikey cremated, uh -huh. and there's too many people, even my family, that wanted some place to go. Yeah. And this is a park I grew up playing in. Uh -huh. This is a park Mikey grew up playing in. Yeah. So why not do it there? 
place of happiness, togetherness. Yeah. I mean, this is a great park. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's got all kinds of things for kids. It's got shelters. It's got bathrooms. It's got, you know, I mean, we play badminton here. We had all the kid games out today and Uh stuff. So this was the most logical place that people could come. Mm -hmm. And until this president, you could not sell parks. So for the next hundred years yeah. that bench that picnic table are at very least going to be here it's a beautiful thought you know yeah so that's why i'm sure he'll he'll all live those two though probably right? <laughs> yeah i can't i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised you know you see an, an idea statue somewhere I mean, probably kind of cool right <laughs> so so now that now that 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 has um it's been some it's been some time now right is there a different do we feel any different about the it's it, it can't be easy to to kind of be remembered or have someone remind. Like I feel bad just bringing it up because I don't want to be the one who reminds you of it all the just, time. But it's important, I think, to like talk about him in in in, in a light that I, only you can give us. That's only why it was so important. That's why I bug, bugged Brandon so much to get it done because I figured, I mean, I know that no one's going to give us a perspective that you can give us. You know, is it is it is it a a a, a something that you're now um, appreciative now of the way the people approached the his passing or is it more of like you know what i don't want to talk about it all the time i don't want to bring it up you know my world is yes and no and all actually all our worlds are yes and no it's not yes or no it's yes and no absolutely and um so yes i mean sometimes it gets really hard i get bombarded with um like if i put a post out i put a post out about you know i found a bunch of papers or i found how all the little cigarette ends that Mikey cut off of the um, off of my cigarette filters when he wanted a cigarette and stuff and mm-hmm. and I'll put posts out and I'm not necessarily looking for a response mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, to vent, vent and let it out and yeah. put it somewhere because you, you, your family and your close friends get tired of it all the time yeah but you still have all this stuff yeah. or information or feelings or you know that you still want to say or get out so i do a post yeah. and sometimes i'll get you know overly bombarded with oh what are you going to do and i want this and i want that and and then other times it's like oh i'm so sorry and it's like i don't i'm not really asking for mm-hmm. sorry or empathy or you know i want to give you things and yeah. i do give a lot of fans a lot of things mm-hmm. i mean i cut up his desk and we put desk pieces and merch wow. and all kinds of stuff wow. and yeah. my mom made these really super nice pictures of mikey and then she has this saying about um and i can't remember it exactly but something about uh, a star that burns so bright never really goes out or something like mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. and so i do a lot mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just I need a little break. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah. you know, I'm just venting. I'm just putting this out there. I don't need to respond. And I don't actually respond a lot. Yeah. I mean, I tell every all the fans, when you see something that's liked on the ENA page, that's me. Yeah. And that just means I read it. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything more than that. It's uh-huh. just that I read it and, you know, thanks. Um, and so it, it's sometimes trying, sometimes not. Sure, sure. So, so when Brandon approached you with the idea of the movie, did you have reservations of it first? Oh, it took Brandon years to get me to do that. Okay. And what was your main, uh, what, what did you kind of want to steer away from the movie? Because well, what wasn't. I'm sorry, but the, the, my favorite thing about the movie in general as a movie was not that it was about him, his passing. Like that was the, that the plateau of the movie. It was like 
his life was the focus of the movie. And that's when I saw the movie. I was one of the first uh, media people to see it. And I, I begged him to, you got to let me see it. He didn't want to let me see it because he wanted to leak out and stuff. But I told him, look, fourth and foremost, I'm a fan of Idea before I was anything else. I, as a hip hop head, you got to let me see this movie. And when I was so in love with it, it, was like, dude, you did a great job because it's not about the passing. It's about the the legacy, the life, the story behind it. Is that kind of what you wanted to shine more on? Um, so we started, so I was going to do a video and Brandon um, was around because he's a, an old roommate's friend and went to school with their daughter and all this stuff. And he was like, well, I can help you, you know, transfer these and do this and do that. So I gave him like all the VHSs and all that type of stuff to transfer. And I was going to make an Oliver Hart movie. Yeah. So, because Mikey had been working on some new Oliver Hart stuff. So I thought, oh, if we take the Oliver Hart stuff and we actually put all that in the original versions and junk together and then we, you know, put the little snippets that he was working on and we do it with all the actual sets of Oliver Hart out of all this video and stuff we've got, then that'd be a nice movie that I was just going to make. Because I made the Then and Now movie, which is just things that shows and stuff from years ago and then things we've done now. And so I thought, oh, this is it. And then Brandon's like, you know, if you just add a couple of interviews, you would have a full movie. And I was like, yeah, well, we'll see. And maybe and stuff. And then he was like, no, just just a couple of people. And so I was in Oliver Hart thinking and mode. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, you know, I mean, Terrell was out and, you know, he's done it. And Jesse's done the DJing for Oliver Hart. And so, yeah, you know, okay. Oh, sure. We'll do a, we'll do a few people from the early age, like the break dancing and a couple of like friends. And then, you know, we'll do a couple of people from tour and then we'll do a couple of people that are like continuing music because of his you know, influence and passing and all that stuff. And sure, okay, that'll be fine, you know. And then it turned into the big thing it is, which is great. Did you like the movie? Yeah, well, I, if I didn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be out, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, but, but trusting Brandon, uh, you saw the passion that he had in it? The, 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 he still, I mean, when he talks about it, he, he lights up still. Yeah. I could tell that yes. it's his baby, that he, like, invested time and energy into it. Yeah. And I interviewed Slug. Uh, long time. I never slug, and I brought up the fact that he's in the movie, mm -hmm. and he was kind of weary of branding at first because he, he said like, you know, I never seen you around, and I don't know who you were. It was kind of weird what he wanted, but he saw something in Brandon that was more like nobility. He was like a, a pure interest in the film, and I think that comes out in yeah. the movie a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about you in very high regards. He protects you. He's, right now, he's a, he told his whole story, and I was like, I love how you protect her. Like, <laughs> you know, and he thinks about you in, in a, you know, short ways. You know, he has his own mom. You know, he wants you to do good and stuff. Um, is there anything more we can expect for uh, of ideas coming out that maybe... Oh, there's all kinds of stuff. Well, I can't imagine ideas brain the way it moved not him not having just stuff stored uh, and stored so, and stored right is stored and stored and stored and stored and more stored <laughs> so yeah. um i don't have any roommates in my house right now and i'm going through like boxes and things like that and i had um originally just found like three drawers yeah. full of notebooks now we're up to like i don't there's that three drawer there's those two then there's all those ones so yeah. we're up to like probably six or seven notebooks Amazing. And do I know what's in them? Well, some of them are lyrics. I know that. Yeah. Um, Mikey was writing a story with a couple of other guys. So there's some of that in like there. A, like a novel or a mm -hmm. book? Yep. Wow. So it was like 
each one of them were writing from a specific point of view, like the I or what are they? Me, you, or, you know, what the three things that are Id, us. Uh, yeah. The Id, uh, okay. it, whatever. Uh, yeah. the, our three, <laughs> yeah. you know, when we say Our three me, selves. Yeah. yeah. You know, our three selves. Mm-hmm. And so each one of them were writing the same story from those different views. Right. And then that was being the whole novel. And, you know, it was, it's a very good concept. Wow. It's a yeah, very it's difficult amazing. concept, yeah. but um, yeah. it, I think it's a very good concept. Yeah. So there's all that stuff. Yeah. So there's. A lot of stuff. There's a lot of music, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I still have tons of video. I mean, that documentary that you guys see that hour and a half, which I still think is too long, mm-hmm. um, started out like three hours long. Wow. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that isn't out there yet. And, and you plan on, on, or is that just something for you? Because no, no, no one would blame no. you. No one would blame you. You'd be like, you know no. what? This is, don't I worry have, about it. You got enough of I have of years it. already set out what's going to be going on. Yeah down the freaking road that's a beautiful so, thing. yeah well i appreciate your time thank, thank you, you for sitting with us it really means a lot uh, again thank you so much for your contribution and and uh i can't uh i can't tell you what an honor it is to, oh, to thank you. With you i appreciate it Absolutely. i'm glad you got to come too bad it's a little late and the picnic's yeah. almost over no, but. you know to me it's just the like i was telling him it's like the stories the story, that's what I really look, that's what I build my life off. Like, I don't want to, you know, we're getting money. And, uh, to me, it's the memory. Like, yeah, dude, I had to walk in the suit in the middle of a park and I'm sweating profusely. And Kathy's amazing. She's doing, that, when I'm 80 years old, that's what I'm going to live off of. That's the go. things that I want to contribute. I, you know, that's the kind of stuff. So thank nice. you so much for this experience. It really means a lot. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So you guys stick around for our sound set coverage that's coming up tomorrow. Uh, right now, we're going to go in a film a movie. So we'll catch up with you guys later. Thanks. (laughs) Wake the fuck up! Wake the fuck up! Wake the fuck up! Everybody wake the fuck up! From the city to the burbs, every street, every curb, you can fuck what you heard. That's the cure. Wake the fuck up! You can block what you heard, that's the cure, wake the fuck up Wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up Wake the fuck up, everybody wake the fuck up You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network